This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal or financial product advice. Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Gen Z Money. Today, Nathan and I are going to be chatting about payday loans and why they are so dangerous. We're going to be touching on how payday loans work, what are the payday lenders that you may have heard of, how do they charge you so much money in fees, and what are some of the alternatives if you're struggling with money and feel like you have nowhere to go. We go through a lot of content in this episode, and there's also a ton of resources in the show notes. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and let's jump right into it. Hey Nate, how are you going? Good Azaria, we're ready to chat about payday loans today, are we? We absolutely are. Nate, do you have any personal experience or, or knowledge on payday loans at all? No, thankfully not. I'm so uh, grateful to not have to have touched any of this, but I'm also quite ignorant around it. It's quite the scalping business, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, definitely. And and if anyone's listening and hasn't heard of a payday loan or similar to Nath, hasn't had experience with payday loans, that's a great thing. You're on the right track um, because there's something that we want to avoid. Um, and I'm going to explain a little bit about why today. So for anyone who hasn't heard of payday loans, what payday lenders are doing is they're providing fast cash for when you feel like you have no other options. So they're often used for things like emergency expenses, medical costs, overdue bills, speeding fines, things like that. Um, And the way it works is that they provide up to $2,000 in a small amount credit contract, and they give you between 16 days and one year to pay it back. Um, And people find them quite attractive because they don't require credit checks and they can be done on the spot. So just based on that, sounds like a pretty good deal, right, Nath? Yeah, it sounds all right. Two grand in the pocket right now would be super handy. Totally, exactly. However, in my opinion, these cards are actually the scum of the earth. They are the worst of the worst. Okay. And what's interesting about them is that they, they don't have interest rates. They can't actually charge interest, but the way they get around that is that they have just these incredibly high fees and they're just extremely, in my opinion, immoral um, and really predatory, really preying on people who are desperate and feel like they have no other option. Yeah, it sounds horrible. What are some examples of these payday lenders? Yeah, so um, some payday lenders that you might have heard of, um, did you ever see those ads for Nimble? With the guy dressed as the bunny. Yes, nimble. <laughs> they always were like so cute, those ads. <laughs> I know. They, they were so like, funny. and Yeah, they made it humorous. Like mm-hmm. hot water system going down. Yeah, just nimble it. That's, was that the phrase? Yeah. Just nimble it? Yes, oh. that was it. <laughs> Actually, nimble, didn't they get fined? Yeah, they were in some hot water a couple of years ago, which I think could be why we're not seeing as many of their ads now. The reason for this, I believe they were um, got in a bit of trouble for the way that they were running their ads. They were making it seem like a very light issue to be getting these payday loans. And they also hadn't properly assessed the financial circumstances of the customers they were giving these loans to. Um, So they got accused of preying on financially vulnerable customers. Um, And the outcome for that was pretty crazy. They had to pay more than 7,000 consumers in excess of $1.5 million through a remediation program. Wow. That's huge money. I know. And then the part that I love is that they also had to make a $50,000 contribution to Financial Counselling Australia. 
great. That's good. That's good to hear. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> that's crazy. So, if the governing body of ASIC is coming down hard on one of the former big players of Payday Lenders, Nimble, mm-hmm. these kind of people don't sound great, do they? <laughs> no, definitely not. And it's just crazy that it's still happening. And I think the issue is that a lot of these companies are disguising themselves to seem like they're not what they are. So a few other ones that people might have heard of are Money Me, Wallet Wizard, Borrowly, Loans Buddy, even Cash Converters do payday loans. Um, and then you might have also heard of, there's this new one that's come out recently called Before Pay. Yes. Yeah, I've seen heaps yeah. of ads for Before Pay. Yeah. Do you know what the premise of that is? The ad premise is like, uh, they're sitting at a table, it's a guy and a girl in a restaurant and the date scenario, you know, the first date, you take the girl out to the fancy restaurant and the guy's mm-hmm. worrying about not being able to pay for the, the lobster that she wants, I think. Mm-hmm. And the future version of um, one of the couple comes in and says, this is you after before pay. You, <laughs> you can access your paycheck now and pay for that fancy meal. That <laughs> surely is too good to be true. You're not accessing your salary early, right, Azaria? Exactly, because it's got nothing to do with your employer. They've got nothing to do with this. It's essentially just getting out a mini loan. And and the way they're advertising that, like taking out a mini loan to pay for a dinner on a date, it's just insane, insane wow. kind of advertising. Um, so I don't believe that they're exactly the same as a payday loan, but they do work in a very similar way. But right. yeah, exactly as you said, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. So like you said before, payday lenders can't charge interest on their loans, Mm -hmm. then how exactly do they make money? Yeah. So, I'll use an example. Um, So, let's say, for example, someone has some overdue bills and a parking fine that's building up um, and they need to pay for that. So, they might go and take out a payday loan of, say, $1,500. And let's say that they take that out for eight months and they're paying back $127 a fortnight. So, the good thing is, is the bills are paid up front, um, all sorted, just going to pay that back over time. However, there is a 20% establishment fee of $300. So, instantly, that $1,500 loan is now $1,800. No way. So, that 20% fee is blanket across all payday lenders? So that's the maximum that payday lenders can charge. However, you it's pretty common that you will see them charging the maximum that they can. Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're not out to help people. Wow. <laughs> they're out to help themselves. So yeah, instantly that's already kind of like having 20% interest up front. And then going forward from that, they have an account keeping fee. Um, So let's say they're charging the maximum account keeping fee of 4% per month. Over eight months, that's another $480. No way. So if you've been following it along, Nath, how much is that loan of $1,500 costing you now? I mean, I'm no good at maths, but if if I add that up, (laughs) is that $2,200? Yes. $2,280. Yep. Shivers. Insane, isn't it? So you think, oh, no interest rate. But that's just absolute madness. That's not even over a year. That's eight months. Wow. Yeah. So they've got an establishment fee of 20%, an account keeping fee of 4%. What happens if you miss a payment though? You see with Afterpay that they give you a little mispayment fee. Are Are there things like that with payday lenders? 
Yeah, so not only are you paying all of those fees just to establish and keep the loan, but if you do miss payments, you're going to be slogged with even more extra fees on top of everything else. So I think that's the the real issue is that people are taking out these loans. They're already in a financial financially strained situation. Um, as soon as they start missing payments, the debt's increasing, um, and then people will generally take out another loan to try and help pay that off. So it's just such a toxic cycle that you can get yourself into. Wow. So that example that you gave, where did you get those numbers from to calculate that? Yeah. So Money Smart, um, if no one's been to the Money Smart website before, it's a website that's run by ASIC, um, a really great website with tons of really good financial resources. And they have a payday loan calculator on there. So you can plug in the numbers, um, play around with the the, the fees and things like that. And you'll get a good idea of what a payday loan would really cost you. And um, they're never worth it. So I don't want anyone to go on there and think, oh, it's not that bad. (laughs) It is that bad. (laughs) And if you are desperate enough to be in that situation, then please check on that first and foremost to kind of put in perspective that you're really paying for this money. Nothing's free. 100%. That's it. And the crazy thing with these loans is that the average payday loan applicant is taking out 3.6 loans per year. So it's not... People will think it's just something that you do once um, and then you're done. But as we said, with the with the fees and the missed payments, it just it just adds up. So it's a super super scary cycle that really targets vulnerable and disadvantaged people. So getting three point six loans per year is that with the same payday lender? Because surely any sort of background check would spot that this person might be spiraling. That the loan needs to pay something off, but something needs to pay the loan off? How does this happen? Yeah, well, that's exactly it. So um, often they're not applying for loans with the same company. They'll get really stuck with the loan uh, with, with one specific payday lender and then go to another payday lender and take out another loan to try and pay off that first loan. So yeah, that's that's exactly what's been happening. And with the um, the requirements for giving out these payday loans being so low and um, a, a lot of these loans you'll see that are targeting people with low or no credit history. Um, so that I think that's how they're kind of getting around it and being able to give these people um, a ton of a ton of debt. So Zara, if someone's out there that is maybe a part of that average payday loan applicant that does take just about four loans a year. Mm-hmm. You must feel pretty stuck in that situation. Is there any way out of that? Yeah, 100%. So, um, regardless of whether or not you've applied for a payday loan, everyone at some point in their life will generally go through um, some period of financial hardship. And there are a lot of options to help you if you are in that situation that don't involve taking out debt. So firstly, if you're having trouble paying your bills, the first port of call would be to negotiate with the companies. So they have to consider your request for negotiation if you're struggling financially to pay your bills. Um, And if they are not going to do that, they have to give you a reason. So these companies are going to be expecting that their customers who are struggling are going to call and help negotiate those payments down. And then you can also ask about their hardship programs. So there's a website called financialrights.org.au. They have a sample letter generator for hardship requests. um, And you can use that to request, um, yeah, some leeway around your bills due to financial hardship. So I think that's always going to be the first port of call for struggles paying bills. 
Great. So, as a consumer, you have some sort of power in this. You're not completely helpless to these kind of parasites. Definitely. It's always best to do what you can um, in any other avenue before resorting to anything like payday loans, which are going to essentially put you in a worse position. Okay. So, that's a good uh, thing to hear if you are in that situation of loan upon loan upon loan. Are there any alternatives to getting a payday loan? Because it seems pretty sketchy. Yeah. So, as as I said, with the payday loans, they don't charge interest, which is obviously too good to be true. We realise that with the fees. But there are actually um, something called NILs or no interest loans that are genuine. So, these no interest loans can be used for low income earners. They're just based on your income. And they can give you a maximum of $3,000 for emergency goods and services. So, for example, a new fridge if your fridge is broken down. Mm-hmm. Um, and they even help victims of family violence. So, with these loans, you can on- you only repay what you borrow. There's no interest or fees. And you can generally apply for these at your local community centres. So, those community centres, we often forget that they're there, but they are there to help. Um, and if you don't qualify for one of those no interest loans, um, often they do have very low interest loans. So there's a a beautiful company called Good Shepherd Microfinance um, who are offering a lot of these loans. Um, I believe that they're in partnership with NAB. So NAB's a big part of um, helping people in financial strife. So if you're interested or if you want to learn more about those options, um, which are not predatory and are actually there to help people, check out the Good Shepherd Microfinance website or Money Smart for more information on those. Awesome. So we have one alternative, a no interest loan instead of a payday lender. Are there mm-hmm. any other options? Like I thought Centrelink would be able to step in for low-income earners. Do they offer anything in this regard? Yeah, they do. So if you're on Centrelink, you could be eligible for an advance payment um, to help with some of those piling bills and things like that. Um, there's no interest or fees on those and you can apply for those online. You don't even need to go into um, the Centrelink office. So definitely worth looking into if you're on Centrelink. Awesome. Awesome. That's good to hear. And for the consumer, that seems stuck as Aria. I'm sure it's a not just financially crazy time, but mentally and emotionally, you would think that it would really take a toll on you. Mm -hmm. Are there any sort of services that can help the consumer in an emotional support way? Yeah, definitely. So, there are definitely resources out there. The first one would be the National Debt Hotline. They offer free advice for anyone who's struggling with debt. They're open Monday to Friday and I'm going to leave the link for their phone number in the show notes. And also, if you are Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander, you can call the Mob Strong Debt Helpline for a free legal advice service about money matters. So, that's another really great resource. And then I'm not sure if you would have heard, Nathan, about financial counsellors. Have you heard of financial counsellors before? No, I've only heard of financial advisors. Can they offer a service without the large price tag involved? Yeah, definitely. So, as you said, there's both financial advisors and financial counsellors. So, financial advisors, they're going to be looking at things like your investments, your insurances, um, superannuation, things like that. And generally, you will pay a little bit to get access to financial advisors. Um, But there's a different profession called financial counsellors and their job is to help people who are experiencing financial hardship and they're completely free. Um, They're going to help you with things like managing your debt, paying off your bills, um, even helping you in some cases negotiate down your bills. 
So they're an amazing service. As I said, they're free of charge. Um, I believe that your local Centrelink office might have them. Um, and you can also check on the Money Smart website to find a financial counsellor. They are just a godsend um, and they will be of huge help to you if you are struggling. Mm, that's amazing to hear because I haven't heard of half of these services, really. I've heard of the National Debt Hotline, but I had no idea that you could see a financial counsellor that's free of charge. Yeah, definitely. Such a great resource. So, in closing, Azaria, what makes you so passionate to come up against these blood-sucking parasites such as payday lenders? I think I just hate to see um, the way that well-meaning people who are just going through a hard time uh, are trying to seek help and trying to get themselves out of this mess and just falling prey to these um, predatory companies who are not there to help them at all. I mean, the best way to avoid ever needing a payday loan is, of course, uh, building up an emergency fund. But I understand that that's not possible for everyone. Everyone's financial circumstances are different um, and we're we're all doing the best we can, basically. So um, if you you are in that situation, I would definitely just say lean on these resources um, and try everything you can um, and at the end of the day, just never, ever get a payday loan. There's there's always going to be a better option out there and payday loans are never the answer. Mm. And Azari, as a financial advisor yourself, what would be a tip to make sure you stay away from these people? That's a good question. Yeah, so I think just in general, the key or the tool, in my opinion, to avoiding getting stuck in these debt cycles is just to start by learning more about money. I feel like knowledge is the what will set you free. Um, so learn as much as you can about budgeting and, and things like that um, so that you do know, do have these options and you do know what's available to you. Um, but, but at the same time, like I, I, I know that there are people it doesn't, where it doesn't matter how much you know about money, you just might not have enough of it. And mm. that's unfortunately the case for a lot of people. So yeah, these like local community centres, these resources, they're going to be a huge help to you um, and help you along in your journey so that hopefully you, you never have to um, rely on any of these payday lenders. And also as well, this episode is definitely uh, trying to highlight an issue because... Uh, you and I, Zara, haven't experienced this. We've had the mm-hmm. pleasure of not uh, being stuck in this vicious cycle. So, if you are out there and you feel absolutely stuck, you're not sure where to turn and you're underwater in debt or you know someone that's underwater in debt, please reach out to a friend, right? Reach out to them and please call Lifeline. If you feel that uh, the emotional and physical toll of it is too much, you can call 13 11 14 and uh, get onto, phone, onto the phone to someone that can help you out because you shouldn't have to go through this alone and it's mm-hmm. a trying period to have to go through this. Money is a major pillar of our life. So, if that is being affected, then a lot of things can be affected in and around that. So, mm-hmm. please reach out to a friend and remember 13, 11, 14 to call Lifeline. So, Absolutely. thanks so much for that, Azaria. That's crazy how much I've learned about payday lenders and even though I hadn't experienced them before, I'm sure as hell never going to experience them. <laughs> Good. If, if that's the, the one thing that people can take away from this episode, then we've done our job. So, Thank you for all the awesome questions, Nathan. It's been really good. And hopefully this um, this episode will be helpful to people who have listened. And as you mentioned, Nath, if you know anyone that's going through um, 
a situation like this or maybe considering taking out a payday loan, send them through this episode, send them through the resources that we're going to leave in the description. And yeah, share with a friend if you think that would be helpful. Yes, please. And as Azaria said, knowledge is the key to all of this. You don't know what you don't know. So if you have a friend out there, if you're a listener to the show and you have a friend out there that is maybe struggling with their money and not sure where to turn, a good community like Gen Z Money can really help with that. So feel free to send this episode or this show to a friend. Uh, rate and review so that we can uh, really get this show to more people and get more people from Gen Z educated on money because that will mm-hmm. be uh, a real game changer in a lot of our lives. So thanks again for that, Azaria. I guess we'll see you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Nate. See ya. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.